Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, start it up. A little day off, feeling refreshed. Feeling great. Feeling, man, my legs are so fresh. I feel like I'm running faster, jumping higher. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMVR Nuggets Podcast. Let's go! There, Let's go! There it is. A little two-man game for you. It's been a while, man. We haven't had this two-man game in a while. It's been a really long time. We've yeah. had the full squad, but injuries starting to pile up. I know. I know. Injuries with the Nuggets, some some people dropping out of the DNBA show. But uh, you know what? Jokic and AG never hurt. Am I the AG? <laughs> I know I know I'm not the Jokic. <laughs> I was sitting there going like, you know, AG. You, you were going to call me the Jamal Murray, I but, know, but he's he hurt. So I was like, all right, well, it doesn't quite work here. You know what? Jokic and AG, though. Here's the thing. I could be the Michael Malone. There's I could be <laughs> the Malone. Aaron Gordon. He could be the, the, the Stan Kroenke if you want to be. Um, Aaron Gordon, Mr. Nugget, man. You know what? It's it's not an insult. It felt like an insult saying that, but it's not, man. It's not. Did you see on uh, Twitter somebody... Pull this up, Alyssa. Uh, Wind retweeted. Wind retweeted it. Yeah. So it should be on his timeline. Left from last night. Somebody uh, paid money to have Aaron Gordon sign a Aaron Gordon jersey, and the guy wanted him to sign it as Mr. Nugget, and he signed it as Mr. Nugget. That is the coolest thing. How awesome thing, man. is that? It is awesome, but I didn't know that detail, so I didn't. Re- I thought maybe he just did sign it as Mr. Nugget. That's which what I originally been... thought, and yeah. then everybody uh, corrected corrected you? me that he wanted him to sign it as Mr. All Nugget. Right. Still cool. Still very cool. Still very, very Still cool. Still cool that, because he could have said, like, nah, man, I'm I'm not Mr. Nugget. I'm yeah. not signing it I'm as I'm AG50. Yeah. 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 But he was like, he, hell yeah. He embraces Ms. Mr. Nugget. We there still have go. that Mr. Nugget bottle together. Oh, yeah. Scroll down a little, Alyssa, so or open up the photo here. Yeah. Right Look there. right there. Mr. Nugget. That's actually awesome, man. That's freaking awesome. Some people are calling me the Reggie Jackson of the chat uh, or of the show. Uh, that is an insult, I would say. Somebody said Adam smiles too much to be Jokic. Do you see my persona, Alyssa? Isn't this incredible? We got Alyssa producing today. This is what I'm just too. I'm too happy. This is how I'm known around the office. Just yeah. always bubbly. And I'm known as the Reggie Jackson. <laughs> the Reggie. Everybody loves Reggie. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Shows off to a great start. Um, yep, me and Harrison today, we're going to get to a mailbag. You guys sent some very good questions, really made for uh, you know some great topics to, to go back and forth on. The, the main topic we'll discuss is, and I've been thinking about this a lot, watching all these teams, the Nuggets are 9-2, and two, and for some reason, I don't know if you feel this way, it just doesn't quite feel like they're 9-2. and two. 
Would you say they're going a little under the radar? Man, I honestly think they're perfectly under the radar. Hey, the Boston Celtics, cli- they get a big win yesterday to climb to 9-2, and two, yeah. and everyone's like, that's and the best team in the NBA. And now they have the MVP of the league. They have the MV- clear MVP. And then you look at the Nuggets, they're like, well, they're 9-2, and two, and it's like, oh, man. Which is funny because... Um, They've already played a fair amount of games on national television. Right. They had the, what I call a convincing opening night win against the Lakers. I they, remember that one. They beat the Mavs on national TV. Yeah, that's uh, another good they one. They just beat the Clippers on yeah. national TV well, in-season well, tournament game. Well, <laughs> not exactly an impressive win there, but okay. It wasn't that impressive, but I mean, that was at least a game more people than just, right. you know, the local market was tuning in for. You would think if there was any year that they would get out to a 9-2 and two start and be talked about, it'd be this year. You would think. But still, still under the radar. So I think it sets things up perfectly. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the, in the show. But we have to open with, today the Denver Nuggets held practice before going out on a five-game road trip. It's going to be a very challenging one. Um, you were there. I was not. I was doing the All-NBA show with Tim yep. Legler. Check it out. Shout Subscribe. Out. Shout out to the show. Check it out. Um, but you were there, and you saw it, Michael Porter talk, Jalen Pickett talk, and, of course, Malone. What it, give me some notes. Oh, Let's get to what Michael Malone had to say. First off, great vibe at practice, I thought. It felt yeah. relaxed, uh, but also focused. It's going to be a big test. Five-game road trip at, at this point in the season with no Jamal Murray for now. It's definitely going to be a test for for this team, for the bench, uh, which we'll talk about. But Michael Malone was talking about uh, Jamal Murray. He missed his fourth straight game the other night. Jamal Murray is going to be traveling with the team on this road trip. Let's He's go. going to be traveling. But I will say, Vlako Chancher also traveling. Well, sure. Um, but Malone did not rule Jamal Murray out of this entire road trip. He was asked, you know, is there a timetable? Could he return? Uh, he said he didn't give a timetable, but he said, I don't know if he's going to play or if he's not going to play on this five game road trip so far. I would be surprised if he played. I would be. It still seems a little early for him to come back, but his return isn't months away. Right. You, know, you can see it on the horizon. So they have an in-season tournament game tomorrow and another one on Tuesday. Yeah. So Because you would think maybe if there was a game that you could say that's the game. Maybe he wants to get back for that. You but, you think they want to just ramp him up for an in-season tournament I game? I think maybe for... Vi- no, no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> come on. But I'm saying maybe if there was like... Sometimes you look at the schedule and you're like, okay, is there a game he's targeting? Yeah. But not really. Like If you look at this road trip, there are some tough ones. At Houston at the end. I guess that is the in-season tournament game. So Right. That's the final pool play game. Oh, wait. Group play game. Should I my own conspiracy corner here? Is this actually... Hold up a well, second. Please. Please. Could he be looking at that game and saying, like, I don't know if I am ready, but Houston... If unde- we need it. Undefeated in pool play. Denver, undefeated in pool play. It could come down to that matchup. There is a chance he goes, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. So... Remind me of the specific in-season tournament rules for advancing. It's the winner of each group. Correct. And then how many wild cards? Two wild cards. Okay. Now, I got to be honest with you because I don't know the answer to this. I thought it was two teams with the best record in the NBA go, they get the wild cards. But I'm not sure because somebody the other day said it was the best teams in pool play, the best record in pool play, and that the point differential all comes into I've heard it. a lot about the point differential. So maybe it actually has more to do with pool play. If you, you can try to maybe look that up. But I'll either try. way, you would rather just win cleanly, right? You'd rather just beat Houston. 
and leave no doubt, and then you get a seat into the in the end season tournament. Or so, what if what if Jamal Murray makes a triumphant return in Vegas? To me, that would be the in coolest semi final or final game of the end season tournament. To me, that would be the coolest. But he'll be back before that, I think, because they play games. That game against Houston's on the twenty fourth. They play games on the 26th, 7th, 9th, 29th, 1st, and 2nd. So like, there's a lot of games before the end of yeah. pool play and the start of tournament play. So we're looking at a scenario where he's likely back if the Nuggets make it to Vegas for the he's final back, four. Yeah. That. He's back for that. Yeah, so that would be great. Um, so the, the, the tiebreaker order for the wild cards is group stage head-to-head. So if there's two teams in the same pool right. that qualify, which is probably not Probably not that. The next tiebreaker says group stage point differential. So maybe it is just pool play. Yeah. All right. Nuggets got to run up the score against the Pelicans. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm telling you, I kind of, I'm kind of into this in that I really want the Nuggets to win this one. So Houston standing in their way. Yeah. Maybe that's why Jamal looked at that and was like, you know what? For half a mil, I'll come back. I'll come back at that Houston yeah. game. But Michael Malone said he's working hard to get back. Don't know if he'll play on this road trip or not. Um, but he's getting closer. He's getting closer for sure. You said you saw him work out too the other day, and like he's yeah, I watched him work out before the game the other night against the Clippers. Um, I don't think he was going a hundred percent. Yeah, but it wasn't that far off. He was doing more at a higher level than I expected him to. This is the thing about hamstrings: is you can do things yeah. and you could go hard. It's just that you can't go 100%. And so, like, game action, you hurt a hamstring not off of something crazy, but just off of, like, a push-off. And then you're like, ah, crap. So mm-hmm. it's a tough one, man. Hamstrings are tricky. Yeah. Mike Mullen was talking about Jalen Pickett Let's as go. well. And Is he, he joining the Pickett line? <laughs> he's thinking about it. He's, he's thinking, thinking about it. All right. It. He gave Jalen Pickett a lot of credit for making his rotation debut the other night, especially against... A Clippers team that he said is a tough team to have your first game against. Uh, the Clippers lead league in steals. They have a lot of really good defenders. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Terrence Mann. Uh, but Michael Malone shouted him out and said he was really impressed with his level of poise. Yep. And that he did not get rattled or sped up by anything the Clippers were throwing at him. I would say this is one of Jalen Pickett's great traits. Honestly, is yeah. that he's very poised. He's just a very poised player. He had that layup in traffic, I remember specifically, where I think Kawhi was like coming over from the weak side or something, and he laid it right in. Then he had that late shot clock three. So that I, three I'd is agree. tough, and he's hit all of those. Like from summer league to preseason to that, that shot, the like kind of step back, yep. it doesn't look gorgeous. Like he does not have a beautiful, he honestly doesn't have a beautiful game. Like his game is very, like, you know, I don't know, gritty or whatever. And even his shot, it just whatever. But it goes in. And yep. that was a tough shot, and he hit it. So I'm, I'm glad. Not rattled or sped up is a good uh, – that's good praise. And something Malone said after the game the other night was he liked his post defense. Because oh, yeah. I think the Clippers tried to post him up a couple times, yeah. and he didn't give really any ground. Yeah, he's strong, man. Yeah, he he's is strong. strong. A Michael right. Porter Jr. also spoke at practice today. I asked him about playing with the second unit. And he said he likes playing with the bench. He said he enjoys it. Uh, he said, look, when Joker's out there, we run everything through him. When he's not on the court, gives me a chance to be a little bit more aggressive and look for my shot more. He wants it. Fan base wants it. Yeah. Does Michael Malone want it? No. Ideally, it's Jamal Murray. 
Because the reason why Jamal Murray is the stagger is because Michael Malone has a philosophy and a thought process that solid either Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray has to be on the floor at all times. That's the way he thinks about it. It's most coaches think this way, by yes, the way. They absolutely. split up their stars. Not everyone, but most. And it's a good philosophy. Like, you really want to avoid those w really bad minutes. And also, regular season-wise, Jokic and Murray is here. Jokic without Murray is only, like, right here. You know, it's like those minutes are really good. Yeah. So if you can get Murray to try to raise that. Here's the one thing I'll say. Let's build. If Jalen Pickett is going to play... Mike, they shooters are the best thing you can give Jalen Pickett because that gives you a system now, and he's really good at generating threes. That's his. That is his trade. Is he generates good three point shots? If you gave him Michael Porter as the stagger, that's a good guy to give because yeah. it creates more space. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, Jalen Pickett's best skill right now is I think creating open shots for others, and yeah, having Michael Porter on the floor is ideal for that. Could you play like a Pickett? Brown, Strother, Porter, Zeke lineup as your bench unit? I think you can. I think you can, Because, again, too. you're not running Pickett a whole lot of minutes. He's not playing regular minute. Like, he's if you just played him in those minutes, would it work? Worth trying out, I think. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I feel like the Nuggets' whole philosophy with their bench is, for the last couple of years has just been defense, defense, defense. Like, we just need this group to defend, get some easy buckets in transition, and just hold the line until the starters get back. Oh, man. That's been their main philosophy, I feel like. Maybe not having Jamal Murray for this stretch, experimenting a little with the bench, maybe it makes a light go off in their head that's like, man, maybe if we put some more offense out there, it could help the defense too. I just realized I built a lineup without Peyton, though. Man, this is tough. Tough to solve. Yeah. Well, you threw Strother in there, and Strother didn't play last game. But that's because he's a shooter. But if you took Strother out and put Watson in there, even with MPJ, you're still only one shooter. It's tough, yeah. man. It's tough. It is tough. It is tough. Michael Porter Jr., Adam, loves the in-season tournament. <laughs> I love that. Fan. I love that about him. Me too. And he says the Nuggets are trying to win this thing. He says it's a goal of ours to win it. And then he noted tomorrow night's another game that goes towards that. Tomorrow's a group play game. He said it's first a, road group play yeah, game. He said it's a big game for us. And then he was just kind of talking about the competitive nature with it. And he said, look, like we've been competing our own lives, our, our whole lives, the tournament format. You know, a lot of us have played a lot of tournaments growing up. If you just think about the amount of tournaments you play in a summer on really good AAU teams, this probably feels or will feel a little like that. And um, he said, we're playing to win it. I like that, man. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and do my full conspiracy. I think Jamal's trying to come back for the tournament finale against Houston. I love that. And if the Nuggets, if like Houston drops a game and Denver has a cushion, maybe he takes it a little more easy, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. That's a lot of money, man. Well, to that point, Michael Porter said, look, the incentive is always nice. No matter how much money you have, 500000 is nice especially for the young guys who are on their rookie contracts. We all have a collective goal to win, not really for the money. It's just competing, but they're definitely thinking about winning. And I think every team I've seen a couple quotes come out about this. Damian Lillard said something about it, but there's going to be something where every, all the stars on all these different teams want to win it yeah. to get some of the lower roster guys paid yeah. 500,000. That's more than two way contracts. Yeah, 
Do they get some? So like, would Colin Gillespie get five hundred thousand dollars on this? That's actually a good question. Because I mean, he's gonna be sweating it out. Are you kidding me? I would. <sighs> yeah. What's a, what's another one and a half million? You know. Yeah. To the NBA, <laughs> who cares? The coaches get money. That's. Gonna be as coaching they hard. Should. Gonna be coaching hard. Yeah. Uh, finally, we talked with Jalen Pickett as well. He said his focus right now, just coming to the rotation, he's trying to keep his body right, so he's always ready to go whenever his number is called. He's learning how to be a pro, learning his routine, when to get extra shots up, when to get extra work in, et cetera. And then he had some great stuff to say about what he's learned about Nikola Jokic so far as a nugget. And he goes, look, he's just calling out every play that the other team's running, and then he calls out every read that we're going to make every play we're going to make, where the defense is, where their players are going to be. And then he goes, now I see why he has 11, 12 assists, three steals. He's always in the right spots because he knows every play. I love it, man. So you, I saw that Coach Gibson Piper, my guy, you put out a thing out there pointing out how Yoke is doing this. And it's like, look, it's not that hard. And I kind of laugh because he is right. But also, nobody's doing this. Like, exactly. Here's the thing, here's the thing is, the more... Because I, I remember back in the day, there was the story on Rajon Rondo. And he was like, he knows all the Cavs plays. And I remember being like, that's crazy, as if it's football. And there's a thousand plays yeah. that you have to memorize. The NBA honestly has like a dozen actions and a dozen entries. And you can disguise based on the combination of entry to action to how you set this up. Then you go into that. So, for example, you could run punch action into uh, flex action. And then you would set that up at a horns. That's three things. So set up, action, action, and that's a play. Whereas you could set it up in a different way and then flip the action. That's a different play. But for the most part, there's only so many things you would have to know. That being said, most players don't. Yeah. Half the players don't know their own plays. So what the play you're talking about, end of the Clippers game, the Clippers yeah. come out of a timeout and they run this little... Um, action for Kawhi Leonard where he comes up the floor off a screen, gets the ball, and then goes to his right and tries to just create a shot. Jokic read the whole play. And I wrote a whole article about it after the game. You can read it on thednvr.com. Um, but I asked Aaron Gordon in the locker room, and, he, and I was like, did you guys know this play was coming? Did you know how they were going to run it? And he, and he goes, no, Joker just knew. And if you watched in real time before the Clippers inbounded the ball, Nicole Yoke is just telling everybody what's going to happen. He was like, Aaron Gordon, this is how Kawhi Leonard is going to snake through the screen, and then he's going to go to the side of the floor. He was telling Michael Porter where to stand uh, while he was guarding the inbounder, so he forced the pass to be made to Kawhi closer to half court. He called out exactly what was going to happen. Um, and yeah, like it's a common play. It's a pretty basic play, but I guarantee you that play works against teams because guys don't know how to defend it. Yeah, 100%. And it's impressive. Honestly, he did this earlier in the year, too, where he's looking, and you could see him just studying where everybody's lined up, and he kind of gives them one of the first his brow for a second. Then he's like, oh, okay. And he's telling Michael Porter it's coming yep. over the top or whatever. Like, I, I honestly think Yoke's always been good at this, but has taken it to a new level. I agree. Over the last year or so. And I just feel like there's got to be an intimidation factor, too, when you're a team and some guy's like, oh, here's what they're running. And you're like, yeah. I asked, I asked Nicola about it after the game, too, and he said they run a similar play for Norman Powell. 
<laughs> Which is just an awesome Yoke, flex. Yoke's Henry. <laughs> I'm telling you, Yoke's in his Wilt Chamberlain yeah. phase right now. I love it. All right. Yeah. Uh, finally, from Jalen, I asked him about the feedback he's gotten from coaches. Uh, he said, they just want me to con continue to play great defense and try to lower my turnovers. I had two turnovers against the Clippers. I can't come in and we don't get the shots that we want. Um, and then he also was talking about how Jamal's been really helping him behind the scenes with reads, pick and roll stuff, offense. He's really been coaching him up. And that he loved going against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Malone said it was a tough matchup to make your debut against, but he loved it because he said he just wants to go out there and play against the best. I love it, man. And a little confidence boost from playing well against those guys, you know? I yep. mean, a big thing for these young guys is confidence. Shooters and point guards or whatever. And I've kept saying... Pickett, to me, needs to play more free. You could tell he's so nervous of turning the ball over. And the more you play at a high level, the more pressure comes off of you where you're not as worried. Like right now, if Jalen Pickett has a turnover in the first stint, like the weight of the world's on him. Mm -hmm. If he goes a couple games where turnovers aren't an issue and he has a game where he does have bad turnovers, it's like, all right, I had a bad one. And you don't feel like you're losing your spot or whatever. So he needs yeah. to keep doing what he's been doing. He needs to pick it up even more. He needs. To, he can't have too many like the second half. He needs to have a couple more like the first half. And I think he'll get more aggressive, which is what this team kind of needs. Is they need him not turning it over, but being aggressive enough to create yeah. in the offense. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, our big question today: Just how good are the Denver Nuggets? Are they actually the best team in the NBA right now? Do we feel comfortable saying that with our chest or not? We'll talk about that on the other side. Guys, Kind Love was one of the first dispensaries in Colorado. They were established in 2010. They're known for cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis in the state. Authentic genetics, patient grow technique, techniques, one of the highest quality brands in Colorado as well. They also launched a game-changing new product recently known as TurboCore 100 milligram stick that looks like a toothpick in a full spectrum cannabis concentrate designed with a pointed tip so you can easily slide it into any joint, blunt, or cigarette instantly can visit one of the Kind Love stores in Cherry Creek. Use the code DNVR, of course. Get 25% off all Kind Love flower pre-rolls in their Turbo Joint line. You can also visit their website, kindlove.com. Use the code DNVR for online ordering and their full extensive menu. Also presented by Game Time. You guys know the hottest ticket in Denver once again, Harrison. Do you know what it is? Uh, this November. It's the Denver Broncos. They're back, baby. They are back. They are so back. Well, they might be back. Vikings at Broncos coming up this weekend. Tickets at $171 for a Broncos game. Really good. They win that one, man. That place. There are these like different things that happen in sports. When you were dead and you come back to life, that's an all-time. Well, especially if you win four in a row to get back to life. I'm saying right now, Denver has come back to life with three, but it that's on the road, right? You're out in, out by Niagara Falls yeah. playing. If you come home <laughs> and you get this win now to break to get back to 500, that place is going to be rocking. Dude, nobody's going to be covering the Nuggets at that point. Nobody's gonna, we're going to have them all to ourselves again. It's going to be great. Vikings at Broncos 171. If you do want to look at Nuggets tickets, they're on the road for, for a couple weeks here or for a week and a half. Rockets at Nuggets, $38. Pretty good deal right now. Um, that one is kind of a little rivalry. In-season. Oh, no, Wait not, a second. not the in-season tournament. Actually, Sorry. here's how I'll sell it. $38. Jeff Green's ring night. In-season tournament. No, that one's not. It's oh, on they've, the road. They've already played the Rockets in the in-season tournament. No, they haven't. 
They played them on the road in a regular game. Then they play them on the road for an in-season tournament oh, game. Then right. they play them again in Denver. They play them three times in like three weeks. It's very weird. You're right. Um, you're but right. it is Jeff Green ring night. So hop on the game time app. $38 if you want to come and cheer on Jeff Green. And or he is definitely getting a ring. He's getting a ring. <laughs> I can't confirm. We actually got a mailbag question about who's getting a ring, and I'll tell you after Ooh, the next segment. Man, the king but of tees over here. Jeff Green is getting a ring. Um, so there you go. Check them out. Download the game timeout. Create account. Use promo code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create the account and redeem the code DNVR for $20 off. Um, all right. So this is a funny year so far. It's kind of a funny season. Because it feels like Michael Porter's in a slump. Jamal Murray's out. The bench looks like a disaster these last few games. There's some skies falling. But the number one team in the NBA, not the Western Conference, in the entire NBA, is the Denver Nuggets. They yeah. are 9-2. and two. And who have they lost to? Minnesota, who's very good, especially at home. They be, they've been giant killers this year. And the Houston Rockets, the surprise team of, of, the, of the year. So the Nuggets don't have a bad loss under their belt. They have two you know, teams that you would kind of expect, and they have some good wins under their belt. So I'm sitting here looking at this going 9-2. and two. How good are they? Are we underselling, and are we even forgetting what they looked like two weeks ago to start the year when everyone was healthy, and they weren't just beating teams, they were demoralizing them? To me, there's st I still consider the Nuggets at the level that like I was talking about them before Jamal Murray went out, which is they're still in a tier by themselves, I think. Yeah. I think they're still in tier one, and then in that next tier, you've got teams like the Celtics. Um, I don't even know if anybody else is in that tier two. Maybe Minnesota right now. Maybe the 76ers? Maybe the 76ers. Uh, but I still think the Nuggets are in a tier of their own. Yeah. They have... The best player in the NBA who I feel like is putting more and more of a gap between him and the second best player in the league by the game. I mean, that's what it feels I, like. I to mean, me. you say that, but, you know, I'm watching Get Up this morning, as I always do. I'm always watching Get Up. You know yeah, that. I know, I'm tuned yeah. in from start to finish. Yeah, I'm watching it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm locked in, man. I got to watch Get Up. Got to get that Jay Williams. And I segment see Jay in. Williams, and he's asked about the MVP race. I love the MVP race. Every year, I'm telling you, here's what happens with the MVP race. Every year, Nobody, What's straw poll coming out? Nobody wants to be the first analyst to Bontemps talk about the MVP. They're all worried. Like, is it too early? The answer is always yes, but then someone finally breaks the seal. So we have it. MVP. We're already ready to talk about it. Not even mentioned is Jokic. It's Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant. And the second best player on Kevin, the Suns. Kevin Durant. So anyway, I say all that to say. Aren't I, the I, Suns I like 500? <laughs> they haven't been great. It's because they were missing Devin Booker. They had all, yeah. all they had was their MVP. Devin Booker is like so clearly the Suns' best player. Yeah. I don't know how people don't see that. He's amazing. But yes, there's a there's a widening gap I feel between the best player and the second best player in the league. Nikola Jokic right now is piecing together. It's still a little early, but he's piecing together what looks like it could be one of the greatest seasons in NBA history, and he's already got a couple of those to his name over the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, He's leveled up in so many areas this season, and that's been apparent already. Um, By the way, real quick, Jokic currently has the best box plus minus. It's early. These numbers will go up and down. The best box plus minus he's had in his career. Yeah. He's got the best win shares per 48, best win shares, 
best PER of his career. So the advanced metrics appear. Well, he's averaging 30 points per game, Adam. <laughs> he's almost averaging a 30-point triple-double. <laughs> and he's also leading the league in rebounds at 14 a game. <laughs> so, oh, man, I didn't even see that. 13.9 a game. You're right. He's at career-high rebounds. His assists are down, though, you know, 8.4. Yeah, it's because of that Michael Porter Jr. slump yeah, that he's in. So 30 points, 14 rebounds, eight and a half assists is pretty wild. And then again, by the way, if only he could make a three, he would be having the most efficient career. He's shooting even his two-point percentage. Oh, yeah, this last game really killed his percentages. I know. But, yes, the Nuggets are clearly the best team in the league. But for the casual NBA fan that's an NBA analyst that's already used up a lot of the hits with the Nuggets... <laughs> They don't have Bruce Brown anymore. The bench sucks. Yeah, Nicole Jokic can't play defense. They lost Bruce Brown. <laughs> yeah. Once you've used up all of those things, you actually have to watch the Nuggets to learn more about them. Yeah. And we know that just the casual analyst isn't going to be watching them. So I feel like for those reasons, they're still under the radar. I used to say that the Nuggets were the Pacers uh, you know, of the West. They might be the Miami Heat, who are seven and four, but you wouldn't know it. Like right. the, nobody talks about the Miami Heat, and here they are as the hottest team in the NBA uh, currently, won six in a row. And I do feel like it's the same with Denver. And why is the Miami Heat that way? Because it never looks the part. And Denver, when they had Murray, was looking the part. Yeah. But the last couple games, it doesn't. They keep winning. Somebody kept. I saw. I, I mentioned this on the post game show the other day, but in my mentions during the Nuggets game. I think three games ago, someone's like, get ready to start losing now that Murray's out. Team's not going to win much till Murray gets back. They're three and one. They have one loss by three points on the road to one of the best teams so far out the gate. Right. And it's like, man, I just think that you have to buckle up and expect the Nuggets to win ugly until Murray gets back. And they'll probably drop like they're two and two on the road. This is going to be a big test. They played seven home games, four road games. They're two and two on the road. So they need to be better than 500 now going out on the road to kind of stay at the top of the West. But I just think they're going to win ugly. I think they're going to go play these teams like New Orleans and Orlando, and we're going to be like, man, Nuggets don't look right. Sneak out a two-point win. Right. I agree. I think it's actually going to be a really good thing for them in the long run. This I rough patch? Just having to learn how to play without Jamal Murray, not because, like, Jamal Murray's not going to be a massive factor in the playoffs, but you get a chance to learn about the rest of your roster. You yeah. get a chance to see what a Colin Gillespie or a Jalen Pickett can give you. So I, I think it can be a enlightening stretch from that standpoint. The Nuggets also have a plus 8.2 differential right now. That's raw differential, which means on average they're winning by 8.2 points, which is funny because that's the second highest in the NBA. Only the Boston Celtics have a higher at plus 13.4. Everybody else is below them. So there's the sense that they're winning ugly, that they haven't necessarily looked impressive, but they actually are winning the second biggest margin. So I do think that there's this like cognitive dissonance with the Nuggets. I also understand where it comes from. But the last thing I'll say on it is, to me... They are the team they look like at the start of the year when they had Jamal Murray. And by the way, Michael Porter has been in a little slump, and Michael and Jamal Murray wasn't scoring like gangbusters. Yeah. But they're still clowning teams. They are that team, but so far it's been taken from them. And I will say, the regular season, <laughs> every year this happens, Denver will only be full strength in little pockets throughout the year. Yep. There's almost always one player that's dealing with something. It's usually nothing major. It's usually, knock on wood, only as major as whatever Murray's going through right now. But 
on average, throughout the course of the middle portion of the year, somebody has a rolled ankle or a this or that, and it's just like down one guy. So we got a pocket of that at the very beginning. At the very beginning, we got it. And I kind of Michael Porter had a bum ankle that he yeah. played through. Yeah, but they pretty much blew out the Lakers on opening night. They blew out the Thunder. They blew out the Mavs. They blew out the Bulls. Yeah, it was like four blowouts. 10, 15-point wins in their first, you know, six games. So here are the teams that I think are the good ones so far. Denver and Boston, to me, look like the class of each conference. Boston looks really good. Um, I thought that Philadelphia looked really good. The Kelly Oubre injury hurts them just because depth is very important for them, and he provides something they don't. Um, But I think that Philadelphia has looked surprisingly good. The thing with them is... The same question. Like, Phillies, I'm so glad we're not Philadelphia because they're in that position where nothing they can do in the regular season is really going to buy them great. It's like, it's good that th- for them that they look good, but we'll always be like, yeah, but we'll wait. We'll see. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, yeah, because we kind of lived it. Yeah, we lived it, of course. <laughs> of course. They're in that hell right now. Um, but they look really good. I mean, yes, they honestly they have do. impressed me. They do. I think the Timberwolves look good, although they look terrible against the Suns last night. They were in the second night of a back-to-back, and they, they uh, look like they just a team last night. They had back-to-back legs. Um, the Houston Rockets kind of look good. The teams, to me, I, I, people got mad because I put Dallas. Oh, Sacramento, by the way, I think looks really good. Um, they were missing De'Aaron Fox, and De'Aaron Fox, to me, is their Jokic. It's not Sabonis. It's Fox is the one that kind of makes everything go there. They've yeah. had him back the last two games, and they've had blowout wins, and they just look like a team that knows who and what they are and how yep. to do their thing. So those are the teams, to me, that stand out. Dallas, the Pacers, the Bucks. those are teams, to me, that look um, explosive, I would say. But they don't, at this moment, look like complete teams. They just look like teams that sometimes hit 23 three-pointers. Yeah. And sometimes don't. And when yeah. they don't, they look terrible. And when they do, they look awesome. Every Pacers game is just like 140 to 130. Yeah. And then the Phoenix Suns last night looked gangbusters against the Minnesota Timberwolves because they got Devin Booker back who, dude, you're so right about this. The Phoenix Suns, I can't, I'm, you know, I'm a Suns hater, so this is hard for me to like honestly quantify him, but Kevin Durant, whatever. Devin Booker's really good. And when you bring him back, they had the best offensive rating of the season last year. I think it was like 165 or something. It was something ridiculous against Minnesota, who's a great defense. Um, But we've only seen like two games of that because Devin Booker, I think, has only played in three. Yeah. One of those he was injured, half injured for. He tried to play and couldn't. So that's why I don't don't tier them yet just because we haven't seen it other than one game. Absolutely. Um, Everybody else to me, like the teams I'm almost writing off, the Lakers, unless they don't make a trade, I just think the Lakers kind of suck. Uh, the Warriors, <laughs> the Warriors are in like turmoil. They're, I think the Warriors, when everything breaks right for them, is still super scary. But what do you make of that Draymond situation? Um, does it? Let me phrase it this way: Does it kind of feel like Draymond last year punched Jordan Poole and this year choked Rudy Gobert? Does it kind of feel like this? What's is, he gonna do next? This is the end of the empire, like. And he's lashing out because there's like some this team is just not something's off, and he's now just going into his worst, most volatile self, no control over himself. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just like you, you can tell his skill as an individual player is waning. Yeah, and he he's seeing the prime of his career like slip away from him, and. He's trying to maybe make up for it in different ways. That's what I, I I know it sounds funny, but that's honestly how I assess it. Yeah. And, and, they, and they're just they're just too old and too small. 
Then I look at the Miami Heat and I go, that's just a, I mean, Denver, we know what Miami Heat are. They're really good. They're underrated. They're underappreciated. And Denver will beat them in five if they somehow come out of the East again. Um, so that's it. I look at that and I go, Denver has not necessarily impressed. But guess what? Top of the class. Top yeah, of the class. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you really think of Minnesota? I honestly think they're a great defense and a great matchup for Denver. I think Minnesota's great. Are they mature? I don't think they're very dynamic on offense. They're and, not. And that's their that's their problem. Uh, but defensively, I think they're going to be the top defense this year. Yeah. And that that alone makes you a contender. Like if you have the if you're the number one offense or number one defense, you're a contender in some form or fashion. I just think that they're they're flawed. But look, man, I think they're legit and they have a whole year to figure out a little more layers to their offense. I don't right. know if they will, but they at least have a year to do that. And their defensive floor is like top five. Yeah, I agree. I, d- I don't think they're the second best team in the league, but they're the best matchup for Denver. I think that they're might, the toughest fair. matchup for Denver. And I, I'm actually not sure if it's close. I'll tell you what. I do think Sacramento, though, I, I predict that Sacramento will climb the standings in the coming weeks. I just think that they're a really good regular season team. Playoffs are going to have similar questions as they've always had, although yeah. I do think they're all get a little bit older. Keegan Murray, De'Aaron Fox, you know, they all get more experience from what they did and probably are ready to win a round or two. But um, to me, they're a really good regular season team that is going to, I think they're going to go on a run now. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, mailbag questions that span the gamut. Some really good ones about what we've learned about the rookies that I'm looking forward to getting to. Brackenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. Make sure to pick up some Broncos Country Pale Ale. Because, of course, it's still Bronco season. Uh, we got all your favorites down here at the DNVR bar. If you're local, if you're coming to town, if you're visiting, stop in Avalanche Amber. It's that type of season. Broncos Country Pale Ale, of course. Juice Drop IPA. Good company, Hard Seltzers, if you like seltzers. Tons of brick or, brew on tap. Or Christmas Ale. You can get a whole keg, pony keg for yourself. You can, and I will drink that this Christmas <laughs> by myself on this show. It's still sitting back there. It's, <laughs> it's propping up that plant behind me. You're right, it actually is. Don't worry, I've noticed it. There's no way. Oh, man, we got to make you drink this this year. I'm telling you, I can drink that whole keg by myself in a night. No, you can't, because that's like 11% alcohol. The Christmas ale is like really strong. 11%? It's a lot, man. Okay, if it's 11%, I can't The do volume it. of it you could drink. I was the, assuming it was a regular no. Breck brew. I think Christmas ale is like... <laughs> That's can we, can we get a fact check on fact that? Fact check this for me. Alyssa, what is the alcohol know? content of you, the Breck Brew Christmas Ale? I drank one one time like a year ago or two years ago. I drank one on the show. I think I drank two. And I was like hammered. And I was like, crap, how did I get so drunk? I was just assuming it was a normal Breck Brew, which is like 5%, 6%. I'm pretty sure it was that one or another Christmassy one that I had. And I was All like, right. I am hammered drunk right now. Anyways, you can get Breck Brew uh, your local liquor store, grocery store. If you don't know where to get it, check out the Breck Brew beer locator. Type in your zip code. Shows you where to get Breckenridge Brewery. Um, I earlier said that you were we were the Jokic and Gordon. I yep. was wrong. We're really the Bacchus and Shanker. Yes, we are. Because you know what we do? We win for Colorado families. Actually, that's what they do. Bacchus and Shanker helps you win. If you were injured in Colorado for more than 25 years, they've been working on these cases, and they have that policy. It's free until they win money in your case. No upfront free. 
to speak about your case, no upfront fee while they work on your case, and no fee at all unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus & Shanker has won over a billion dollars for their clients. Now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. You know what? If I were Rudy Gobert, Backus & Shanker, man, I'd be like, you look, man, I got to press charges on this. That was an assault I saw. I wouldn't let him go. I Had cannot believe he only got five gifts Backus for that. Backus and Shanker would have gotten, uh, gotten him some help. They help your uh, injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycles, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. <laughs> I was going to make a joke here about Kelly Oubre could call. That would have been in bad taste. We could even help you. <laughs> he actually might work. need to he call He actually might Backus need to. Call them Shanker. at 222 2222. Find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. What'd you find out, Alyssa? It's only 7.1. All right, okay. It's still a little bit strong. That's high, but maybe not too high. <laughs> Harrison might uh, be sent home from the the company Christmas party if he drinks that entire pig. We might have to get him an Uber. Um, all right, let's get into the mailbag here. My first question we got comes from the Moach Union Executive Board President. I didn't know that person was on. My guy. I didn't know they were on Twitter. The last time MPJ shot this poorly was the nine games he played in the 21-22 season, during which it turned out he was injured. Any chance he's dealing with an injury now? And we just don't know about it. Well, he is injured. His ankle's not 100% yet. Still? I don't think it's 100% yet. Oh. Darren Fox, in his post-game interview last night, he's been back a couple games from his ankle injury. And he said, after they beat... Uh, the Lakers last night, he said, yeah, I just knew that like sitting on the sideline, that wasn't going to get my ankle better. It's just going to be bothering me for, you know, a couple months. I just got to play through it. A couple months. Michael Porter Jr. says he had a grade three ankle sprain. That'd be insane. That man. is a very serious ankle injury. And he has said how at the beginning of the season, he probably was at 50%. And then I think a couple weeks ago he said 75%. So I, I do not think he's back at 100% quite yet. And I agree with uh, Moach Union president there <laughs> that when he's been in slumps, it has been because of injuries. And wow. I think the leading reason why he's not shooting it as well as he usually does is because his ankle's still bothering him. I hope that, I mean, look, I think he's going to break out of this slump very soon. I I would say, again, we don't know. It's entirely possible. I think shooting is so much about confidence and momentum, and I just think that the momentum was squashed for him in the preseason and that he hasn't quite caught a rhythm just yet. But I think it's coming. I honestly just think it takes a couple games to string it together. He's been playing great despite it. That's the thing is he is actually shooting very well inside the three-point line, getting to the rim a lot more, adding more layers to his game, guarding really well. To me, it's just the three-point part has been off, but I think the floodgates open at some point. And I, I think they do too. And, I, and maybe it's on this road trip, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it is a true that whenever he's been in a slump, it has always been because of some injury. But I think most people are worried about the back. I don't think it's the I, back. I don't think it's – no, it's not the back. It's back. I, if it's anything, it's the ankle. King of the chat, Ray says, haven't seen Ray in forever, man. He was here the night where you were at the game. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he watched the post-game show right there. Ray Vaughn, <laughs> short of meaningful rotation or roster changes, what are the small things guys coming off of the bench can do to be more effectively effective on offense? And then he says, for example, I think Zeke could improve on his screen setting. I actually agree with that. He does leave a little early on his screens. He's excited to 
roll to the rim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. I think Zeke can pop more. And especially if you're going to play with Jalen Pickett, I think there's a pick. Jalen Pickett's very good at delivering the pop, pop, pop pass. Yeah. And I think that, you know, with Colin diving, maybe made more sense with Reggie diving. I think with Pickett popping makes more sense. And I'm curious to see if the Nuggets make that adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see P. Watt be a little more active on the offensive end of the floor. He's doing a lot of standing around. I feel like these last couple games and, um, like that second unit, I just don't think is going to be producing a lot of great offense. If everybody's standing around and, you know, your turn, my turn, like ISO here, uh, Julian Strother shot. Jail, uh, if Pey- Peyton Watts can be cutting to the rim more, move around the defense that way, I think that could open up some more things. I'll even go another one for him. Offensive glass. Yeah. He... He has that super high reach, really long arms, really great athleticism. He's a pogo stick. I think that he can play the corner to the short corner. You know, when you're the corner guy, I don't like when he's just spotting up there. I think he can see the moments where it's time to crash from the corners, which is a great place to crash from, and grab a couple offensive rebounds, put back, just be really aggressive. Mimic a Jared Vanderbilt. You know, early at the beginning of the year, I think it was David Adelman was talking about how he needs to study Aaron Gordon because Aaron Gordon plays the dunker spot so well. I think that yeah. Peyton Watson can mix up between playing the corners and playing the dunkers yeah. because I think there is a role for him to be carved out from that spot. I agree. Um, I mean, there's no surprise. We need to see Christian Brown become more confident with his three-point shot. Um, yeah. To- I did love how he attacked the basket last game, though, sure. especially in transition. I mean, people don't realize the amount of easy buckets you can get in transition just by catching defenses, just jogging back. Yeah. Like Christian Brown had that one where he just went up the left side of the floor, drove right by, might have been Norman Powell, but there was just nobody at the basket. And it was like a regular semi-transition possession. This one comes from Spencer Smith, DNVR's own. He says, is Pickett fully entrenched at bench point guard until Jamal is back? Do you think he impressed Moach enough? I don't think he's fully entrenched. Me neither. It was just one game. No chance. I do think Michael Malone was happy with how he played, though. I think the praise he's given him has been genuine. Um, but he's got to keep doing it. I, I I think he can win that job if he keeps playing like he did the other night. He he looked great the other night, I thought. Just, like, altogether, man, he looked... Better than I thought he would. He looked confident. He looked poised, as Michael Malone said. I was very impressed with Jalen Pickett's first rotation minutes. You know, I think he's got the job now. And if Denver keeps winning and if he keeps playing like he did the other night, I think he can keep it. So it's interesting to think about matchups, you know, like he was one against the Clippers. They're big, strong, and I think he's big, strong. Like it, it almost is a good matchup for him because I think that's the type of defense he's really prepared to play this next matchup they have a weird lineup without their point their point guards are all injured you know alvarado and cj mccollum so they play jordan hawkins off the bench who is like a quick shooter quick you know really like kind of a strother kind of a strother and just that he catches and goes and i don't like pickett's one of his shortcomings that he'll never overcome is that his closeout game is not great because he's so little and he's not necessarily quick or springy yeah and then you got dyson daniels who's long and rangy 
Like if so, I'm curious. This is a completely different type of matchup that he'll be facing. And then, of course, you've got my guy Matt Ryan. Maybe that might match up for him. How are you stealing Matt Ryan from me? How Matt, Matt Ryan's my guy? How are you doing? You do this with every guy. Did you not see the interview? I yeah, I was standing right there for it. I was the, the original I mean, Matt Ryan you, guy. You should have been in the interview, man. You should have been standing a little closer. We saw you in the background. You know, <laughs> like you were far away. Um, how are you doing? This? <laughs> it's like it's like when you get up from the couch and someone takes the spot. But uh, do you think so? Do you think Jalen Pickett played just because of the matchup? Or? No, no, okay. no. But okay. I'm, what I'm saying is, he looked good in that matchup, and now it's a whole new challenge. Like this next game will be completely different for him. Yeah, that that's the only thing I'm saying. And I'm with you. I don't think he, that he's the guy. I, I what I should say is I I think he could lose this very easily. He might even be able to lose it in one game. Like if you come out and have a bad game Friday, I would not sure. be surprised if he loses the spot or whatever. That um, wouldn't be great for his uh, confidence. It wouldn't be great for his confidence. It wouldn't be great for anyone. I hope he gets a little bit more of a long leash. But at the same time, I'm with Michael Malone. He was in a tough spot coming into that game. Tournament game. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Like yeah. it, the, it feels like an important game, right? You don't want to be your first game ever, and you cost everybody on the team half a million dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Think about that. Like yeah. your first game in the NBA, and it's like, hey, if you screw this up, everyone here loses half a mil. So he had pressure on. He knew that he needed to go out there and and perform, and that was you know that was a lot. So I actually am with Malone in that the most impressive thing wasn't the details; it was just that he handled the pressure. I agree. So I, agree. Uh, I think he gets a shot, and uh, I hope he plays well, man, because I love watching him play. I'm telling you, my half of my picket love is just he, he. We all have a mold we like. He plays a style that if the if it works and the Nuggets kind of like absorb it into who they are, the Nuggets are going to be almost as fun with their bench as they will be with their starters. And wow. I've never thought that before. So he is your guy, though. You you can have him. I'm, I'm taking picket, man. You, you've God. already taken it. Dude, I'm at the front of the picket line. You are. You've always been I, there. You were the first got my in line. line. Yeah. You know, and I've got the chance going. Uh, let's take our final break. On the other side, some more great questions about the second unit. Uh, guys, make sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, they got some great deals going on for the NBA season. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, no matter how the action unfolds. You know, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back this week. New customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Win or lose, you get an instant dub. Make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. So Nuggets at Pelicans coming up. Drop $5 on that game if you're a new user. Boom, you get $150 in bonus bets just for betting those $5. Uh, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY. Text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling. Call 888-789-777. Visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash Basketball Terms. We have a pick of the week. We do have Can a I, pick of the week. Right, I'm going to tell you right now, minus four. Nuggets, Pelicans, it's minus four. Here's where I would go, Harrison, if I were you. 
I would take the plus four for the Pelicans and then hedge it with the Nuggets money line. Because I think the Nuggets, as I said, they're going to win all these games by one or two points. And it's mm. going to feel like, oh, they eked it out. So I kind of like the Nuggets to split, thread the needle here. It is a tournament game. Oh, you know those come down to the wire. You know, you know both teams are going to be uh, acting up for that. I I think I might agree with you. On the road, first game on the road, first game of a long road trip. No Jamal Murray. We haven't seen Michael Porter break out of his slump yet. You, you I'm know, with you. You want to know another one here? You've got Houston Rockets, another tournament game at Clippers. Clippers still haven't won. They get to go home and they think, all right, we'll assume we're going to win. Rockets might play spoiler. Dude, I, is that tonight? That's tomorrow night. Uh, I can't wait for that game. My, fa my favorite activities are watching the Nuggets win and watching the Clippers lose. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, also want to tell you guys about Shady Rays. You guys know them. They've been a partner of ours. Yes, it's winter out, but you know, winter driving is actually the toughest because the sun sits so low on the horizon. Every All day, I'm worried about the sun in my eyes. Luckily for me, I have... I actually have... This is true. I have two pairs of Shady Rays. One is in the center console of my car, and one is in my backpack because I'll forget them every day if I don't remember. So instead, I have them, and every time I pull out of my driveway, I'm like, ah, the sun. Reach in and put them on. It's actually a phenomenal feature. Uh, check them out. You guys can get those ones that are for good bass fishing. You can get them for ski goggles, or you can get, like me, aviators. You're an aviator. I'm an guy. aviator. Dude, I look so good in them. You too, are honestly. a true aviator's guy. I I've never actually seen you in any other type of sunglass. I'm telling you, I feel like I look good in aviators. <laughs> you know what I mean? I never feel like I look good, but then I put the aviators on uh, and I feel like I look awesome. Go to shadyrays.com. Use promo code DNVR 50% off of two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, let's wrap up with a couple more questions here from the mailbag. Uh, Shelby. Asks us, obviously, we all want Jamal to be healthy and be all NBA. Obviously, obviously. But with his injury preventing that from happening, do you think it'll help keep the team together or possibly pay uh, aid in getting different bench players? So what she's asking here is, if he would have made all NBA, this team would have been enormously expensive. Do you think there's a silver lining? Not that we should ever root against players getting their bag, but now that it looks like he won't get the super max, do you think it's more likely that the Nuggets will be able to build good teams into the future? I think it can definitely help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like the Nuggets aren't going to have a lot of room to work with financially going forward if he makes all NBA or if he doesn't. Um, but I think they will have a little more room around the edges to work with if he doesn't. And... Um, I don't know about you, but I kind of just like the narrative of Nikola Jokic never playing with an all-star or never <laughs> playing with anybody who's made all-NBA. Uh, I think this question, it's like weird because this puts you in the very inhumane position of like making these guys just numbers and, and whatever. But the truth is, I honestly think the fact that Murray is almost certainly not going to be all-NBA ups the Nuggets' title odds quite a bit in the long term. Like yeah. you look at this and go, Denver probably is now going to have a very affordable roster Rel I mean, it's going to be expensive, repeater tax and this or that, but they're not going to be in that super max range, a double super max range. And I just think it's going to make, um, yeah, I think it's going to make this team. There's probably these fringe moves that if you could play out two scenarios, one where Murray gets the super max and one where he doesn't, you probably would see two, three, four years from now. Denver having just marginally worse surrounding talent. I agree. And yeah. so now I think they'll have better talent and I think it actually helps. So. Um, 
Even though Josh Kroenke sat in this very chair and said, it doesn't matter. We'll pay whatever it takes to keep this yeah, thing going. And they would. And and obviously they would give him the superbacks and like that'd be fine. But yeah, yeah it, it would have some ramifications down the line. Jackson Overstreet says, when it comes to the young guys, Watt, CB, Zeke, the rookies, has there been any surprises in their place so far that you weren't expecting after preseason? Are you seeing more than you thought you would from any of them or any less? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I think I'm seeing actually, I mean, exactly Cr- Christian what Brown has been a, a disappointment so far. I had very high expectations for him coming into year two. I thought he looked great the other night against the Clippers, so maybe he's he's ascending again. Peyton Watson and Zeke Naji have been about what I expected them to be. So no real surprises with those guys. Strother, to me, is the big one because he has more to his offensive sure. game than I thought. So it's not just the shooting. I think he moves well off ball, reads the court. And then even, I know this is funny to say because we knew his height, but seeing him out on the court, he just looks big. Like sometimes guys are a certain height, you see him, you're like, yeah, yeah. he looks big to me. And so that... To me, Strother has shown more. Christian Brown, to your point, has shown less. And I'm going to say that Peyton Watson has made fewer mistakes than I expected. He still makes them, but I kind of expected Peyton Watson to be way more lost than he's been. And I just don't think he's been... I mean, he's, he's looked like a rookie, but he hasn't looked like a bad rookie. He's done a great job of just sticking to his role, not trying to do too much. Yeah. Um, And then with Jalen Pickett, Pickett, we haven't quite seen enough. But again, Pickett, about... What I expected. Yeah, so far. I'm yeah. very cu- I mean, again, with me, I'm not ready. Colin, like, too. Everybody's Same in my Colin. mentions like, Adam, are you like, how do you feel about being right on pickup? I'm like, guys, we've seen one game and I think he's been good, but he is by no means like over the hump. Yeah. There's a lot of question marks I still have with Jalen Pickett, and I hope he checks all of those over the coming weeks. Caleb will be asked, which nugget gets the first scuffle of the year and against who? When, when do they play the Warriors again? Uh, <laughs> you think it would be them, huh? No. Uh, Man, this is a good one. Who's most likely to, scru- to, to get in a kerfuffle? I mean, I'm trying to think of who has in the past. Like a- AG has gone like chest to chest with Westbrook before, right? Well, we all remember Zach Collins and Michael Porter. <laughs> we all remember Christian Brown Dude, and Zach, and, uh, Zach Collins, Slow-mo. Michael Porter is a fight made for the NBA in 2023. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. Um, the Nuggets don't really have those that kind of guys. I don't feel. I mean, Christian Brown maybe gets under someone's skin. I feel like Nikola Jokic is just like so above everything now, where he would just wouldn't even be interested in that. You think? I don't know. He has a meanness to him, dude. I feel like he's like an. I would not be. I think Jokic might be the guy. You think it's Yoke? I I just could see it being him. Um, I know, think it's Aaron Gordon stepping in for Yoke. Okay, stepping into actually f- potentially fight somebody for Jokic. Here's what it is: there will be a kerfuffle in the in-season tournament. Well, there already has been, but the, with the no, Nuggets, in, you're in saying. the actual tournament. No, in the in the Las Vegas in the tournament. knockout round. Um. So I kind of want to ask that one. We have a couple more questions, but I'm going to skip them and just go to this one. The in-season tournament now. You got to get to uh, the question about the rings. Though. All right, the I ring. Somebody that. asked if Steve Hess is getting a ring. I don't think so. He's not part of the team. Uh, he is. He gets a ring? Steve Hess Honorary gets a ring. ring. Oh, that's incredible. All right. So the Nuggets are giving rings to select members of the organization that like committed their livelihood to the team for a long time. That's awesome. That's Steve Hess really cool. is getting a ring. Okay. There are some other people 
within the organization who I won't name that are getting rings. Okay. That aren't like they might not be with the they're, team. They're back end people. Yeah. 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 Um, That's cool. Bones Good job, Highland Runkies. obviously did not get a ring. Right. It's a team decision. You know what players get them. What wait, wait. Don't. Am I getting a ring? Uh, you are not. Oh, crap. You're not. Um, but Jeff Green obviously getting a ring. Thomas Bryant, he's getting a ring. Davon Reed is getting a ring. I love it. Well, Thomas Bryant was on the team, so I guess you could, right. have to, He was on the team. funny if they were like, sorry, man. You got to ship Davon rings, Reed, uh, Davon Re- Reed's Re- ring to uh, Ukraine. Yeah. Or Lithuania. Where is he playing? I don't know. I don't know Slo- if it's Ukraine. Slovenia? I don't know if it's Ukraine. <laughs> Uh, um, all right. Well, there you go. That's a good reporting here for wind. Uh, last thing I wanted to get to here was here's the thing, man. We've all liked this in-season tournament and it's shaping up. But one of the questions I've heard a concern about the in-season tournament is playoff basketball. It's actually Doc Rivers who brought this up. Playoff basketball is different than regular season. You need to be in better shape. What does Jamal say? Oh, I'll be in shape by the time April comes around. That's when I'll be in. I'll be ready for the playoffs at then. Guys work their way into it. Because mm-hmm. you go harder, you jump higher, you run faster. Well, what do we make of this December one? And also, guys play longer. So, Harrison, all right, quarterfinal game. Uh, how hard are guys going? How many minutes are they playing? Like, is it treated like a regular season game, even though we know it has more weight to it? Or is it treated like, Yoke, you're playing 40 tonight? Once you get to the knockout round, and the semifinal and Quarter, final quarterfinal, games? Quarterfinal. Quarterfinal is a knockout round. I absolutely think you're going to see guys' minutes up. I think you're going to see a different feel. I think it's going to feel like a playoff game. It's going to have a playoff intensity. Once you get to the knockout, you're going to want to win the whole thing. You're absolutely going to want to. You got to fly to Vegas. You got to go to Vegas. You might as well. Like, you're invested. You're pot committed. Yeah. Um, you're going to see a different intensity than what we've seen so far. Guys are going to play hard. Guys are going to want it. I bet we do see some kerfuffles. Yeah. Because you're not mentally ready for playoff basketball where you're like, it's going to be intense. But then that intensity naturally arrives, and it's like all of a sudden you're pissed at each other. Yeah. I honestly think it's part of why there have been fights this week during I, the NCAA tournament. I agree. Yes. The intensity is a little higher, and guys are like not ready for it mentally. Um, here's the other thing, and this comes from Bill Simmons, and I think it was a great point. The All-Star Game used to be an, a, a who's who event. If you made it to the All-Star Game, it was a big deal, not for the game itself, but because you were part of the it crowd. Well, let's look at who right now is leading their pools. The Indiana Pacers, one of the feel-good stories, but um, you know they have a great shot now to, to win it. 76ers, man, losing that one. Should have been them. The Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks undefeated. One of those two teams coming out of pool play almost certainly. Premier teams. Boston Celtics, premier team. The Lakers currently are 2-0 in their pool play. Premier team. Denver Nuggets, premier team. Timberwolves and Sacramento Kings, premier teams. I look at this and I go, Bill Simmons might be right. The in-season tournament might be the thing that if you don't make it to that and all the media is out there and it becomes this big deal and, oh, it's LeBron and Jokic and Giannis and, you know, all the big names in the league are there. And then you're on the outside. It might feel kind of like, oh, man, like – that has replaced the All-Star game in terms of mm. prestige weekend in the mid- middle of the NBA. And I just think that will make these games be, like, unbelievable. There is gonna, there's going to be so much attention. And those semifinal and final games in Vegas, man, 
That is going to be appointment viewing. Yeah. Those are going to be massive, massive. They're going to feel huge. Yeah. So, um, man, that's that's interesting. I kind of love it because, you know, from the Nicole Jokic school of basketball, we don't really care about the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I love that. Well, there you go. All right. That does it for us, guys. Tomorrow, in-season tournament game? In-season tournament game. We're going to be here covering Nuggets, Pels. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll have the homies here. Hit that like button for us on the way out. We'll see you tomorrow. We all silly like the mayor.